This is Winning Slowly, taking the long view on technology, religion, ethics, and art, because doing good work takes time. I'm Chris Kreitcho. And I'm Stephen Caradini. And today we're going to discuss marijuana, just like we said we would two weeks ago. Apologies about that again. We will make sure that we say every other week. So in two weeks, instead of saying next week, it is new for us as well. <laughs> and if you hear me start laughing and then start hacking and coughing ridiculously, I'm actually finally getting better. Don't worry, I'm not going to die in the middle of the episode, even if it sounds like I'm about to. So with those caveats out of the way, actual topic. Yes, so in the last episode, we talked about the systemic pressures and the relationship to agency, and we are developing a series of axes that are going to guide this particular season. And so in this episode, we're going to be talking about those axes and showing that even though, yes, we will be using these axes to frame and shape our discussions, these things are always changing. Yeah. We figured we'd jump right in the deep end with something that it's hard to characterize exactly where it is and, in fact, where it's in motion on at least two of the axes. As usual for Winning Slowly, we're perfectly willing to note that things are complicated. Mm -hmm. The legalization of marijuana takes marijuana from, we think, a position where it has largely had a negative effect on individuals as a visible legal structure operating on individuals in the direction of a visible social structure operating on individuals, perhaps with a positive effect on individuals. And we're going to unpack why we think those things over the rest of the episode, but we thought we would start by unpacking what we mean by this motion from negative to positive and, mm -hmm. of course, also noting some of the ways that marijuana usage in the United States is moving from having legal strictures on it to perhaps only having social strictures on it over the past few years and into the coming decade, perhaps. So to start off, are axes of negative positive. We mean this in the sense that this issue affects individuals in a particular way. So right now, the law that prohibits marijuana use, it's a Schedule One drug, makes it so that if you are caught with marijuana and if you are a particular type of person, which we'll get to later, you can get thrown in jail for an absurdly long time and in some situations for life. This is an obviously negative yeah. situation if this happens to you. And it's, although this has been controversial at times, we think it is fair to say that the actual punishments, even if you think the consumption of marijuana is totally unethical itself, and that's a point we'll get to later in the episode, the punishments are dramatically out of proportion to the crime, and they produce ongoing systemic and structural problems of their own when you have mass incarceration of large portions of the population for what is really a not very harmful crime in and of itself, talking specifically about possession. Now, we could talk and won't particularly get into today issues about how you want to structure the, the law around selling marijuana or whatever else. Those do look a bit different. But we think it's fair to say that the way the law has been structured has been on the whole pretty hurtful to individuals throughout large parts of American society. So that's what we mean by negative and legal. There's a law it's not structured in a social context, it's structured in a legal context, and 
it's very negative in its effects. And what we mean by visible is that this is something that people know. This is not something that is largely hidden from the the culture's view. People are advertising you shouldn't do drugs, either by advertising it through force, like we will arrest you, <laughs> or through the quote-unquote war on drugs, which purveys itself through the news, or through PSA campaigns, don't do drugs, dare, all these sorts right. of programs. So that's what we mean by visible. It's part of the culture in an obvious upfront in the mix sort of way. Mm -hmm. Now, we will talk about issues later in the season that are invisible, that aren't in the mix, that aren't in conversation in very obvious ways. And that's for a lot of different reasons. But what's interesting is that nothing is ever completely locked down. Nothing is ever entirely put outside of consideration. Now, some things may be very, very strictly contained, <laughs> and it may be very difficult to have conversation about them, mm -hmm. but nothing is completely locked down. And that's particularly true for something like marijuana, which has, over the last 130-some-odd years, had a ongoing and consistently changing relationship to the American populace. It has been socially unacceptable. It has been illegal and socially unacceptable. It has been illegal, but often socially acceptable. And now it seems we're in a position where it is moving toward being legal and variously socially acceptable or unacceptable. So the specific locations where you live in the country right now, if you're an American, consumption may or may not be legal. It's currently illegal at a federal level. But there are a number of states which have in the last decade legalized marijuana. And the discussion, therefore, is moving back in those states to social pressures, to hostility to or welcome of the consumption of marijuana. I have family in Colorado, so this has been a very hot point of discussion, especially mm -hmm. with family in Denver and so on, mm -hmm. where there's a lot of very public consumption of marijuana right now. And there is a lot of social pushback against it, even though it is no mm -hmm. longer illegal. So that right. arc from socially unacceptable to illegal to illegal and varied in its social standing to increasingly legal. And it's fair to surmise probably that it may be legal all over the country in another decade or so, but still very much varied in its social standing. And that takes us back exactly to the point Stephen made to begin with, which is that all of these things, all of the systems, and therefore every system we're talking about and every individual response to systems that we're talking about this season is subject to change. And that's important because although this one's controversial in certain ways, it's also not nearly as important as some of the other topics we'll get to this season, where change may be really important and really necessary. And in, in large part, that's why we picked this one to start mm -hmm. with, is to show right. that even in something that is very politicized, that is very much a cultural hot topic in many areas, mm -hmm. there is a potential for change and for motion. Now, whether you like that change or motion, it's a different story. Right. But that gives us hope for systems where we recognize that there is desperately a need for change. And perhaps hasn't been any seeming sense of change right. on that particular issue. So. In many ways, this is a exemplary issue to say, hey, 
nothing is ever hopeless. Mm-hmm. There are societal conventions that change in ways that we don't fully understand or or expect. And so even if you feel like this is a bad particular change, it should be at some level hopeful to say, look, things actually do change. So as we often note, we are based in America and we focus mainly on American issues, but there are lots of issues surrounding this in other countries as well. Some countries have uh, full legalization, others have full criminalization, and other countries vary in between. And so many of the issues that we raise here will largely be relevant to populations of other countries, or at least as a comparison between countries that are sometimes right next to each other and have different stances. Mm-hmm. So, and, and if you live in one of those countries, we'd love to hear feedback about that and about yeah. the impacts it's had, because it does look yeah. different. And as we mentioned in late last season, we think that countries actually have a lot to learn from each other in approaching some mm-hmm. of these issues in different ways. Mm-hmm. And so to start out the basis of the conversation here, it's important to note that the history of marijuana usage is long, goes back <laughs> yeah. very far into history, uh, particularly if you connect it to other types of drugs with similar sort of structures. It was called Mexican opium, whether or not that's exactly true, I'm not totally certain on, but there is a long history of it. And going back to as early as 1937, there was a sort of moral panic associated with it. You may have heard of the film Reefer Madness, which is sort of a (laughs) jokey sort of in-joke at this point, but it is a thing that was made. There was a moral panic surrounding the idea of marijuana. And so there was definitely social pressure against it as early as the 1930s. And so moving through obviously the 60s where drugs of all kinds started to reach into the mainstream a little more, even if they moved from invisible to visible, but were still strongly socially negative in in an overall social context. Even though people were taking LSD in the 60s, most people thought this was not a good idea (laughs) Um, unless you were in the counterculture, which – There you go. Counter culture. Culture still thinks this is bad. As we move from the 60s through the 70s and onwards, even though the sort of drug revolution of the 60s morphed and changed and tapered off in some ways, the understanding and acknowledgement of marijuana as a thing you can do that doesn't have the potentially horrifying side effects of flashbacks and stuff that hallucinogens and doesn't have the sort of crippling addiction issues that things like heroin have, that became more known. Marijuana became to have a cultural identity as probably not that bad in terms of other drugs. In terms of other drugs is an important caveat there. And you can see this when you have presidential candidates and actual presidents who are known and, of course, in many circles, morally condemned, but known to have smoked marijuana when in college, etc. There have been mm-hmm. subsets of our culture for which partaking of marijuana was increasingly normalized culturally, even while it was mm-hmm. still illegal. And what's interesting is that social normalization in certain quarters combined with increasing information about what marijuana specifically does and doesn't do, as Stephen noted, that it is not addictive in the way that 
heroin or LSD or meth are, and that it's not as physically destructive to your body as drugs like cocaine are, and in fact that there are some medical benefits to it in certain conditions, Mm -hmm. has led to this shift in attitude societally, and that in turn has led to pushes in any number of states in America, as well as to other nations, we can see this in, for example, the Netherlands, to simply treat it as a legal but restricted substance, not terribly dissimilar from alcohol, which also is known to have some degree of harmful bodily effects if consumed in the wrong way and is certainly known to be addictive. But as of the 1930s, we stopped trying to prohibit the consumption of entirely. The pushback against total illegalization of marijuana has certain analogies in that just as prohibition helped create and helped foster a massive drug war-like situation which empowered black markets and had pretty deleterious effects on culture at large, we can see certain analogies there to marijuana illegalization and to some Mm -hmm. of the drug policies in general. Mm -hmm. And while we're not going to get into the entire drug war, there's way too much to cover there, it is interesting to note that in both cases, a recognition of the too high costs of the legal policy versus the negative social or individual outcomes being not quite so bad as they might initially have been thought to be, has led to a ultimately substantial shift in the legal structure and in the societal structure. So although there are some full-on teetotalers out there, there are not many. And most people recognize that drunkenness is a bad idea, and some of those same Social structures, Stephen mentioned at the beginning of the episode, exist to put pressure on, say, drunk driving. You have Mothers Against Drunk Driving. You have similar media messaging in front of movies and in schools, etc. But all of that exists in a context where drinking broadly is legal. It's restricted in certain ways. You can't drink and drive. You can't drink Mm -hmm. underage, etc. But having a beer is not illegal. Nor is it particularly socially unacceptable to have a beer in a mass cultural sort of sense. Right. Things have shifted on that societally and therefore also legally. And we think you can see and probably should see some similar changes on views toward marijuana in culture at large and especially legally. All that to say, it became more visible. And as a result of becoming more visible, the legal situation started to change as people started to understand what the legal policies surrounding marijuana did. And that also corresponded with a social change in how people understood what is happening mm-hmm. with people in relation to marijuana. So there is an argument to be made that visibility slash invisibility is an incredibly important aspect of driving these axes, um, which is to say that like awareness matters, but not exactly (laughs) in the way that, you know, maybe the abstract concept of awareness is sometimes bandied about. What I think is important is that now that we are in this situation, we aren't going to end up most likely with a situation where all marijuana is okay all the time. Free for all. No, that's (laughs) not what it's going to be. It's not what it's going to be. There are still specific groups that are teetotalers. There are still specific people that have moral indignation 
moral stances towards alcohol. And so we expect that those are going to exist even towards marijuana as it continues its um, adoption into the mainstream, as it becomes more and more visible. And this is something along the lines of teetotalism could be involved. But also there are some things that we just obviously think about. You, you don't go to work drunk. Otherwise, you're in danger of getting fired. You probably won't be able to go to work high. Right. Or be in the same danger of getting fired. Yeah. Like there's there's going to be some obvious social structures that are going to be set up around it. Now, perhaps those are going to have caveats. If people are using various parts of the cannabis plant as medicine, then theoretically, by the way that we understand the terms now, they could be quote unquote high while at work. Also, it will just be medicine. So they'll just be on medicine the way that other people are on medicine. Right. So there's going to be a lot of variation between what marijuana looks like and what responses we have to it given the ability of marijuana to, to be put into more and more social situations because it is more visible. Right. One of the things that's interesting there, there's a Freakonomics episode related to this specific topic that we'll link in the show notes and you may enjoy, which gets at the fact that as far as safety goes, marijuana is actually less dangerous than alcohol consumption is, both to the individual's health and more broadly, because it works more to make people relax and chill out rather than an inhibition lower, which often makes people act out. People are less likely to drive and people are less impaired when they drive. At least that seems to be the data so far. But we're still going to have laws about driving mm -hmm. while under the influence. Those aren't going to go away. And one of the things to keep in mind in any discussion like this is it doesn't have to be an all or nothing switch flipped, even in the legal side of this spectrum, just as it will not be assuredly on the social side of the spectrum. The other thing that this highlights is that we can talk in some ways about culture at large in any given country or occasionally even globally in certain ways. But those kinds of painting with broad strokes moves are always going to be limited in their applicability when you get down into the nitty gritty of day to day life because we don't live in some broad generalized culture. Right. We live in our specific context, which for us looks like the general Raleigh, North Carolina area. Mm -hmm. For me, looks like the specific context of a Southern Baptist seminary. And that involves certain views around me and, in fact, certain approaches to, in terms of structures and rules in the seminary, etc., things like alcohol. Those are going to look very different from say, what general cultural practices in Brooklyn. And beyond the specific contours of Southern Baptist seminary life, any ethical consideration you have is going to look different in different communities, especially communities structured around certain kinds of ethical considerations. But regardless, we all have worldviews and ethical systems that go with them. You're going to have different views on a whole array of things depending on what your specific community is. And as, as an important aside, we don't think that necessitates moral relativism, but it does mean that a lot of these things are going to play out differently mm -hmm. in different communities because different communities do embrace different ethical structures and different ethical systems and therefore act in different ways 
regardless of what the legal situation is. It may be totally legal to smoke a joint in five years and still be not something you would ever consider doing because it's out of the ethical bounds of your community. And that's an important thing to remember. Right. For instance, you know, some people, when it's legal, their families will just do this. It will just be part of their family culture for whatever reasons. Mm -hmm. Other families... That would be the worst possible thing anyone could ever imagine. No, I would never smoke a joint with my dad. That would be awful. That would be the worst, um, right? And and that and at a seriously micro level, that's the same thing with anything. Uh, there are you know people who think that about X, whatever X is. Oh yeah, my family just does it all the time. Oh man, my family would never ever. That's a horrible. <laughs> that would go to- totally badly. We're never gonna do that. And that can be everything from like playing Monopoly. Um, yeah, my which, family doesn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> it would go really badly. It would go so badly. Yeah, to like drinking, to whatever. So there there are within these macro social structures that that push this country forward in particular ways or backwards in particular ways. There are groups within that social structure that are related to that change and in a minor or major way pushing it backwards or forwards Mm -hmm. um, regardless of the direction. So that's another structure agency thing is that there are some people moving in opposite directions of the overall social culture. We can get into that at a macro level with, you know, the last year of politics, but at a (laughs) micro level, there is – the idea where some things are contextually situated within a social group, mm-hmm. that this is the right thing. We believe that this is totally right. And some are held more loosely. This is something that we do that we don't expect other people to do. Mm-hmm. And then there are some that are more absolute. This is something that we do that we think is right for everyone and that this is an absolute norm. Right. And those change by group. They may not change within the group. They may have very solid structures that say this has been, is, and will be never okay. And again, this may go from anything from playing Monopoly to never okay to, to yeah, never okay <laughs> to anything else. Right. And so that's an important aspect of structure agency that we have to consider is that sometimes people have the ability to influence their group, and then their group has the ability to influence the, the overall social structure. And some people don't have that ability to change their group or the overall social structure, and they remain situated in this specific context with this specific moral structure, right. which is not to say that that moral structure is bad or good, but that, as we mentioned at the very beginning of the episode, some things shift very, very slowly. Some things don't shift at levels at which we think anything is happening and some <laughs> yeah. things shift very quickly. And so that's what this whole episode is sort of pointing towards is that regardless of what the individual structure is, there are individual people organized into social groups and there is an overall culture. Now, this is a little weird because the last two seasons we've essentially argued that maybe the concept of an overall culture is a little less cohesive than it used to be, and that may be so, but we're still at a situation where there is what people think of in America as an American culture. Right. 
The other thing that is worth holding on to as we step into the rest of the season from here is because the way that local communities work and because of the way that individuals are far likelier to be able to make a difference in their local community on things that they care about, which are ethically loaded. And we didn't really get into our views on whether the consumption of marijuana is itself ethically permissible or not, (laughs) nor are we going to, But, um... but the... Reality is that if you want to make a change, and not just on this kind of a subject, but on many subjects, national conversation is a limited and of limited effect way to accomplish those kinds of changes, and especially national political action. And so in many cases, we think you're better off, more effective, more capable of enacting real long-term change, and in many ways doing more important, more lasting, and work that's of a deeper effect by tackling things at that smaller, more local level, dealing with communities where you can actually persuade, where you can actually help accomplish change that goes a little bit further than just, well, we've changed the law, but nobody's minds have changed. And those kinds of changes can actually provoke real problems. To highlight an example, again, without even offering any commentary, changing the law on something like abortion one way or the other without persuading people basically just prompts massive culture war. And we've seen that for over 40 years now. That's going to be the same on any issue that's particularly contentious. You have to persuade for changes in law to have the effect that you desire. Now, there's also a complicated thing that we'll get into more later in the season in that changes in the law do affect culture. They do affect social change. One of the many reasons, looking at marijuana specifically, that consumption of marijuana has been so frowned upon by so many people is because people have a high regard for rule of law and breaking the law is bad, so smoking marijuana is bad. Mm-hmm. So you can't, you can't disentangle these things easily either. But mm-hmm. local changes are apt to have larger long-term effects than big sweeping global changes, we think. Right. And we also want to reiterate that even though we are talking about change and structure and social development, we're not by any stretch of the imagination endorsing total relativism. We are specifically talking about the processes by which people who have their own concrete structures of thought about how the world should be are working those ends out. Mm -hmm. So at an individual level, you can very much have very concrete, real, absolute moral values, which are outside of discussion. And that's not what we're talking about here. (laughs) What we are talking about here is the way that those make it out into the world through social structures and through the changing ways that we relate to each other. So We're not saying that everything is relative and everything is social. We are saying that if you don't think that things are social, then like go stand on the street corner and look at people. (laughs) You will learn. You will learn. (laughs) You will learn. Or go stand in the Chipotle. That's a fascinating experience. So all that to say, we are kind of walking a very fine line between what we're talking about and what it can be misconstrued as. And we're going to be walking that light all, all season. season. Yay. <laughs> you can suffice it to say for today that 
individuals have had a lot of freedom in this particular area. And that freedom has ultimately led to real change in the structures. But that freedom hasn't been total. You could go to jail. That's had really significant consequences for mm -hmm. whole communities and many individual lives. The system has mm -hmm. pushed on people and people are pushing back. And in many ways, that pushing back is good. But it's not uncomplicated and it won't be all season. And it's going to shift and we'll see where it goes. In 10 years, we may have a very different episode about this particular topic. True story. So the music at the beginning was Da Vinci by Jaw Gems. We asked them for permission and they said yes. So if you want to use their music, please ask them for permission. Indeed. Thanks, as always, to Jeremy W. Sherman and Andrew Fallows for sponsoring the show. 10% of anything anyone gives to us as sponsors, we give to the Internet Archive so that we can have a digital repository of the whole history of the web. It's a pretty awesome thing. Yeah, it is. And people are even starting to use it for journalism. We'll link a pretty interesting article where it was used in that way. Uh, if you'd like to sponsor the show, go to patreon.com slash winning slowly or cash.me slash dollar sign winning slowly. We would really appreciate it. It would help us uh, do our jobs better. Indeed. If you enjoyed the episode or just found it really controversy-inducing, please share it with friends. You can rate and review it on iTunes, which helps people find it, or recommend it in other podcast directories, or share it around on social media. Anything you do that way, we appreciate. Mm -hmm. We also love to hear from you, especially on controversial issues like whether marijuana should be legal or not. So do shoot back responses our way on social media, or you can always just send us an email at hello at winningslowly.org. As always... Thanks for listening. Right. <coughs> Whoa. <coughs> <coughs> <clears throat> well, you're going to have to cut that one out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs>